0: All right. Well, here we are. Here we are. Welcome to the as yet unnamed podcast on creativity.
1: All about how to be creative, why it matters, and how we don't do it really well because we can't even name the podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right now we're kicking around purple pomegranate. Pomegranate.
1: Yeah, we like the purple pomegranate, which needs a big long explanation so it might be Indeed, indeed.
0: This is my friend Matt.
1: And this is my friend Chris. <laughs> and he just fed me really yummy potato soup.
0: It was pretty good. It was pretty good potato soup. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, I, I am a pastor um, at a vineyard church in Cambridge, Ontario, Canada. And, but there's a... We're recording a podcast right <laughs> near a fire station.
1: Nice. So if you get that feeling of urgency and panic, it's intentional.
0: <laughs> there you go. I hope that the person that's on the other end of that is good. Yes. Anyway, uh, But I've been, uh, over the course of my life, engaged in all sorts of different enterprises, creative enterprises, like so many of us, um, And, uh, yeah, I just, but I love this conversation and I think that the conversation that we're starting is a really important one about, um, what it means to lean into, uh, creativity, broad stroke, big thinking, um, creativity within the context of, um, gathered people within the context of our faith communities, within the context even of our families and our workplaces. I just think it's, it, it's a conversation that can't be overstated how significant it is. So, um,
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, and oh, I should introduce myself first. My name is Matt Downey. Uh, I live in Montreal, Quebec with the best husband ever. Um, and, uh, Dean is awesome. He is. Uh,
0: and oh so he, cool.
1: And good-looking, he would want me to say that. (laughs) So anyway, we pastor the Montreal Vineyard Church, um, and in our spare time, uh, have full-time jobs, Um, and I'm I'm more on the side of um, a theologian, I don't know if I can call myself that officially, but I do have uh, some training in that area, and I go around lecturing and teaching and uh, consulting, as people will have me.
0: And full disclosure, one of the one of the main reasons why I'm excited about doing this podcast is because I love hanging out with really intelligent people. <laughs> um, and so Matt was a very obvious person to help to co-host this, and uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, Matt is a very, very intelligent person, and, um, and we'll have lots of brilliant and insightful life-changing no um, anecdotes. No <laughs> pressure. No pressure at all.
1: And I occasionally totally lose my train of thought and can't think of a word.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, hey, listen. Why don't we why don't we jump into um, uh, just some of the purpose for this podcast? Um, what it means to be um, thoughtful, um, creative human beings that are um, looking to express beautiful b- beauty. Um, in all of its forms, into the into the world, um, but also what that process can look like, because it can be such an involved um, and it can, it, uh, process that can be so different from person to person, and so um, we're going to have a variety, lots of different subtopics within this within this talk. But um,
1: well, everything really. I mean, what doesn't fall onto the category of creative expression really? You had mentioned this earlier in our pre-podcast conversation, just about um, broadening kind of the notion of what creativity is. I don't know if you want to jump in on that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think that looking at the lens of what it means to be a human being that is um, created in the image of the Creator God, which is um, kind of an underlying... Um, belief set. I mean, that's kind of our baseline, where we would start this conversation from. And when you look at that, and you look at the nature of, of the God that is described in the very first um, words of Genesis, uh, we're introduced to a God who creates. And then in very short order, um, after he's done some creative work, um, we have the introduction of the human being into the story and the the main characteristic in fact the only characteristic that we are described by initially is that we are made in the image of god Mm -hmm. um in the image of the creator and so you know when when we look at the nature of of how god has exerted um his creativity, his imagination, into into the material, the raw material of of everything that we see, um, and we look at what our natural propensity is. You know, we we often will lean in towards conversations about uh, creativity and assume that we're talking about artistry, um, and it definitely includes that.
1: Mm-hmm. Like if fine arts, you would mean the like, fine arts, yeah. 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 So painting, yeah, yeah. dance, music, theater, yeah, precisely. that kind of stuff.
0: Um, but our 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 innate um, ability to problem solve to um, uh, to make stuff. I mean, anytime we're anytime we are exerting our will onto um, raw material, we are engaged in a creative process. Um, you know, you talked about the value of having someone in you know in your life who's able to uh, work with numbers and really not illegally creative. Right? <laughs> But they're able to bring a sense of creativity to that process, right?
1: Yeah, they see like patterns and uh, just opportunities. Like, could you think of doing it this way? That's what I'm trying to say. And again, not fudging numbers, but the creative use of finances and budgeting and working within the the laws of numbers, if you want to state it, and just loving the aliveness that comes with that. Mm -hmm. Totally foreign concept to me. But uh, this person just brings a creativity to it that I think, I need this. We need this.
0: And I think that when we start to redeem the idea of being creative beings, like fundamentally creative, whether you're an arts major or a painter or whatever or not, um, there's a sense of purpose and identity that we can start to feed into, I think, so much of what we do Um, and I'm just suddenly now thinking about, uh, something that I learned years ago when I was involved in helping to manage a business. Um, there was a principle that I discovered or was, was, was told, and that was that there's no such thing as a flat year. Um, Okay. And so the idea is that, um, sustainable business is always growing on some level because you're either, you're either making forward motion or you're moving backwards, um, and so, you know, and that was that was kind of under, understood predominantly through economic terms, uh, in terms of the bottom line. But it's interesting to think about the. So if I think of us as creative beings, um, and what we also know is that we live in a world that uh, where we're also very destructive beings sometimes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Um, and so I wonder if there's some kind of correlation there, like you know, we are either engaged in a process of being creative and in the absence of that, you know, is there standing still or are we some somehow starting to move into more rhythms that are destructive? Like, I wonder if even on that core level, there's some kind of a, a sense of you're engaged in some sort of creative or destructive initiative. I don't know, that might be a completely random and wrong thought.
1: No, I'm just ha- I'm having a... Um A thought now, too, Uh, we were just reading through this book in our faith community, uh, Spiritual Rhythm, and there's this one chapter that he talks about balance, where we're often trying to achieve balance in our life, really. And he said this kind of an artificial way of looking at life, because he said balance is more of a static way Of looking at things, whereas rhythm, he said, we're always, we should be thinking more about rhythms because there's always movement happening. And he said, your life is going to be lopsided. Just figure out what you want to lean towards and then do that. Mm. Instead of always trying to find this balance or bring something back into a more even even keel. And uh, I found that very fascinating that the idea of movement means you're just going to be off balance a lot of the time but Hmm. because you're leaning into something that you think is really really important it has you have a passion and a drive towards it
0: have we just have we just justified the off (laughs) balance of my of my creative life is that what we've just done i think so (laughs) you
1: might want to try yeah try using that that That's our rationale
0: that's a that's a that is a winning concept
1: yeah um the other thing about uh that creation story in God as creator, where we actually gives us reason to talk about it, or even, if you want to say, justify it, or, uh, but it's inherent. I don't think you need to justify it, is what stood out to me in thinking about that story is the goodness that comes with that story, is that with create, creativity, what is created is always seen as good. Mm. And I think sometimes we think of goodness as a moral category, or as uh, something that, uh, a pat on the back, we did a good job, we've su- achieved success in some way. Mm. Uh, and I think goodness has more to do with beauty, something that is fun- foundational to the character of God. Whatever It's a revelation of God. It's this outward expression of God saying, whatever comes out of me would be good, because I mm. am good. So I think it's important to... Um, talk about goodness a little bit and nuance it a bit so that we're not thinking of it as moral or Mm. uh, success. Because I think, (laughs) we were talking about this earlier too, you know, when people um, ask about my church, just people that I randomly meet, and uh, they will ask questions like, uh, how big is your church? It's kind of like a value measure, or not value, it's a success measure in some way. Or... uh, yeah, they'll ask different questions like that. And I think, I don't know if those are really good questions because they're not asking about anything important, about what creative value and goodness is your church community bringing to this world. Mm. No one's ever asked me that question. Uh, I don't know if I ever expect anyone to. Um, but anyway. Well,
0: no, I think, it's, I think it's a really important observation because um, you know when we start looking at language like good... And we, you know, I mean that that typically we, we hope that that has more to do with the qualitative, a kind of a, a state, what's the quality of of um, of the work that you're doing. But un, un, being able to unpack that a little bit more, I think can be a really healthy a really healthy thing, right? Like I don't think any of us want to do bad work, mm-hmm. right? Um, but even sort of employing our, our creative impulses towards, you know, what is, have we ever really thought or asked the question, um, what does it mean to do good work? Because if we're laboring under uh, maybe a, uh, an unhelpful idea of what, of what goodness is, for example, exactly. you, know, you talk about, you know, uh, the measure of, the value of a value of a faith community. You know, can sometimes be reduced to how many people are showing up,
1: or how many people were baptized or saved this past year—new converts. or right.
0: um, And it's a very different—it's a very different conversation. That idea: what val- What's valuable about what is what what you're you know what's creatively valuable about what your faith community is is engaged in? And I think, um, you know, it makes me think of of one of my uh, kind of high watermark moments as a human being Um, and one of the reasons
1: besides this one right here right now this particular moment.
0: (laughs) but you know like what is this what is the conversation about about creativity and in particular human creativity um why does that matter and um you know a, a, a friend of mine from years ago um is a uh is a sculptor and she, um, she, does, she sculpts on all kinds of material. But back in that time, um, she worked largely in glass. And so, um, so she would, you know, I don't know if she was blowing glass or whatever, but she was working with glass a lot. And, and you can imagine what happens if you work with glass a lot. Um, explosions happen. Uh-oh. Shattering uh-uh. takes place, right? And so she, um, she had this really interesting response to... Um, the breaking of her material that she would work with you can imagine I can only imagine how frustrating that would be um, But she had this brilliant idea of taking these shards of glass that were different colors and different you know shapes and whatnot and she would create kaleidoscopes she had would you know, this little tube on the end that was a clear tube that you would turn rotate mm-hmm. and these little shards of glass would tumble over one another and then once they've come once they would come through the kaleidoscope, it was a moving kaleidoscope and it was never the same because Mm. of the nature of the broken glass on the end because it was loose. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I had, um, this was, I don't know, 18, 20 years ago, something, um, gone through a tremendously difficult experience in, um, I was in my early 20s. And essentially, I mean, I won't get into details, but essentially the fabric of my Uh, all of my dreams and hopes just kind of came tumbling down, crashing down shards, would be a very apt description of that. And the next day, somebody shows up at my door with one of Heidi's kaleidoscopes and said, I I felt like I was supposed to get by this for Mm. you. And, you know, so I hold this thing up to the light and I I feel God speak and say um, that out of the shards of my life, he is going to create something that I never could have conceived of, and um, and it's a. I mean, I have it. I have it right over right over here, actually. On my, um, it's as, uh, something is still with me, and um, it's a remarkable piece. And I honestly don't believe that there was another way that I could have received that kind of promise. Mm-hmm. And Heidi didn't know that that was what she was making. Right? She didn't know the goodness that she was investing in. Yeah. All she was doing was creating a kaleidoscope. But what she was actually making, she was creating hope Yes, for, for me. And so I think that even when we think about this idea of, of goodness and recognizing that if, you know, she was just leaning into a creative response to a, a, a frustrating event with the breaking of some other project, um, but was trying to claim beauty out of that, and that beauty translated into a promise from God for me um and that 's one of the reasons why I find this to be such an important conversation
1: yeah that 's a very cool story
0: yeah it 's a pain it's it 's a painful story but it 's but the be- but again the beauty of it is is um very remarkable and so listener <laughs> 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 um lean into the beautiful places, right? Lean in, and and even those unfortunate accidents where things break apart, you know, and, um, you know, Matt has some uh, wonderful things to, and I would love to maybe tease that out a little bit now, but certainly in a future podcast, Um, just a a conversation around what the nature of beauty is, you know, and, um, because when we think about goodness, and maybe you can expand on this a little bit, um, we think about goodness, and I think about yeah, um, some of your ideas of beauty being woven very closely with honesty and authenticity. Yeah. Um, it starts to change the conversation, I think, pretty significantly, too.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, that goes to what you're talking about, what is good work? And I think uh, often, what is a good life, right? And it's not a perfect life, as we would say that. Uh, perfect, as in meeting certain standards of success and whatever else you want to achieve in life. But what is a good life? And I think, um, just in brief, beauty, uh, according to my favorite theologian Hans Urs von Balthasar, is Ooh, just, just.
0: Can I interrupt, just interrupt yeah? for one second? Just say that name again very slowly.
1: Oh, Hans yes. Urs von Balthasar.
0: Which is just the coolest <laughs> name ever. Did
1: his friends call him Hans?
0: You know what, I would, be called, I would want to be called von Balthasar. Von Balthasar. You know, much, um, much better than Voldemort, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's, still the, it's still the strength of the V. Yes. I don't know where that came from.
1: Uh, anyway, uh, wonderful <laughs> Swiss theologian um, and talked about beauty. Anyway, just a short shortcut. We we'll, might, might unpack this in a further podcast, but talking about beauty being uh, the combination or the unifying of species and lumen, basically the outward form and the inward expression, saying what's on the inside comes out and they match. And you recognize what's on the inside by what you see on the outside. So when you talk about the creation story, what comes out as an expression of creator God is this goodness, this multiplicity of expression, this overabundance kind of, that just comes out. Uh, This interconnection of things that's always unfolding and always changing and morphing and surprising us, right? So this is some kind of revelation of what is inside the Creator. So when we talk about the good life, I was just teaching a course over in New Brunswick and at the end of the course, uh, one of my students said to me, she said, you're a very authentic person. And I thought, I just, that is just the highest compliment to me, mm. because it's the inside matching the outside. And then I think, and I feel the sense of, this is, I am living a good life. If who I hope to be is not only present in my internal world, but actually the expression of what I do, my work that mm. I do, people are recognizing who I am in that very work. And I think as artists, I, I know many times I've I've read a book, a good book, it's a good work, or I've gone to see some good theater or gone to see a good film or movie, and it is good work if I think I know something not only of who is creating the work, but of myself. I've mm. connected with them, and they've told my story through telling another story. And I'm drawn into that, and I'm saying... This whole world is connected in some way, and I feel the pain and the hope in it at the same time. And to me, the good work and the good life combine then. When good work as someone, as a creative person, is suddenly I see a wholeness or a connection come come into being. It's hard to describe, but a when you talk about, we were talking about the farmer, talking about the farmer doing good work and that being a very creative act as well. And I think, and I grew up on a farm. I mean, I just, joy, and I would have to leap and dance when I go visit the farm now, just because I'm so excited by everything that's growing and and being created there. Um, But I think this is a good work that's being done, and I feel like this is a good life that comes out of planting something, nurturing it, taking the fruit of it ingesting it so you have strength to do the whole creative process again Mm -hmm. it seems to be a good life in some ways there's a cohesiveness to it Mm -hmm. if I could say that
0: oh that is so good um I think too just listening to you talk about that there's this um you know when I think about what I would call I'm just gonna yeah I'm just gonna use the I'm gonna use the term when I think about bad art Mm -hmm. um and, you know, I know that there's a bit of, or a lot of subjectivity in that, but, you know, I would define bad art as being either, um, like, derivative in its nature. Like, it, all art is going to be influenced by something else, but something that is, that is derivative, in other words, trying to lean in on the credibility of something else.
1: Almost stolen in yeah. some ways.
0: That, or um, sentimental work um and um and so
1: maybe to explain that what do you mean by sentimental Well,
0: sentimental would be um just something that kind of um casts a golden hue over um a, a complicated idea you know um you know i think that if i think about somebody like norman rockwell norman rockwell um you know had some had some some flaws. But I think he he you know was doing some very good work. But I think that again, with some of the derivative work okay. leans in towards you know it's derivative of Rockwell's stuff material, um, but it can tend to move into sentiment rather than truth, sentimentality rather than truthfulness.
1: Yes, that's a very important distinction.
0: And yeah, which is and that's actually where I would where I would land as a as a. Distinctive. Now, you know, and again, just to throw out the obvious caveat here, this is, you know, um, anytime we lean into a, a qualitative language like this, where we say this is good or this is bad or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, we have to be f- um, generous with one another's intentions uh, as we do. That's what conversation looks like, right? So, yeah. listener, I'm not <laughs> knocking, you know, I'm not necessarily knocking Thomas Kincaid.
1: Uh oh you he said a name i'm not, oh. not knocking
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> i know but hey listen truthfulness
1: yeah and truthfulness i think i think part of the sentimentality is it appeals to people's i wish my life was this pretty and then that becomes oh and it'll sell too yeah. because people want this
0: well and that was kind of where
1: dialed dumbed down if i may say version of life yeah Oh.
0: This idea of the, of what vision, what is the vision of our good life is really important for the soul of, um, of anybody who wants to do honest, creative work. Mm-hmm. Because we will not, I don't think, be able to reconcile if we have a fantasy vision of the good life. Um, that, I think, will bleed over in some... Kind of, um, I don't know if I would want to go as strong as to say ugliness, but there's just something in your definition of what beauty is, yeah, um, and kind of tying that into a, a concept of what our of what the good life is. I just think somehow that's a really important conversation.
1: Um, yeah like one of my favorite artists is vincent van gogh Mm. just because i feel like i'm reading his life story when i look at his artwork uh the pain the disconnection some of the most beautiful using that word beauty again it's very nuanced but some of his most striking and actually peaceful paintings were done from inside an asylum Mm. when his mind was broken and uh I don't know, there's just something about his story that has a certain, if you want to use the word ugly, ugliness or rawness to it, that I think this is, I'm getting honesty, mm-hmm. I'm getting truthfulness, I'm seeing who he is in every, in every facet of his life, not just the I wish my life were this wonderfully put together thing, um, which none of us have that. Oh, so I just, I pre- I, like again, I feel very alive and drawn in to his mm-hmm. paintings because I think they're telling my story while he's telling his story as well. And going back to Balthazar, if I may, for a moment.
0: Please just say uh, his name again. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, he, he says, our model of beauty is Jesus. Mm. So it's like you have every part of life, whether that's being born as a squalling, puking baby or going through, doing wonderful mi- um, miracles where everyone thinks you're, you're the best thing ever or everyone hating you uh, and suffering, pain, death and then being born anew mm. out of the irrepressible love of God. Like every part of that is beautiful. Yeah, and the interesting thing about beauty is very often we're attracted to something on the outside, but the more you get to know a person, the more you'll be attracted to what's on the inside. So beauty actually shifts as we get to know someone. Mm. Uh, the people we know the least, we, we, we judge mostly by what's on the outside. The people we know the best, which would be our family, our spouses, uh, some of our coworkers, our faith community, neighbors, whoever, your community. Um, the people we know the best we love the most because of the beauty of who they are on the inside. Mm-hmm. And the outside just, it's like, it just reflects who they are. It's not, mm-hmm. um, it's not, we interact with that in a different way when there's a, a knowing that, has, mm-hmm. that happens, not, not with strangers or uh, people like stars that we know from a distance, right? And I'm not talking about stars in the heavens. <laughs> I'm talking about, uh, Yeah stars in the media
0: the latest american idol or canadian idol or whatever it is exactly so
1: it it kind of uh we have to work against some of these perceptions of beauty that we have that are prevalent in our culture Mm -hmm. that are um yeah quite shallow shall i say yeah Mm.
0: and so in terms of um what we would think about when we would use language like the kingdom of god um I mean, it's pretty big and pretty important language. And mm-hmm. When we see the work of God, we see that we see that the, the reality of the kingdom kind of showing itself. Um, the work of a creative human being—do you think that that is a fundamentally kingdom activity, or is it just going and praying for somebody who's sick, or just going and giving some money to someone who needs you know, a, hand, a hand up or whatever?
1: Um. To be honest, I'm actually wrestling with this a bit right now the, uh. the idea of kingdom and what that means, because I think it's been, uh, it's just a phrase that we use a lot. Okay. And, and I, you know, you hear a lot. And I think I've just been really challenging myself. It's like, mm. do you know what that means when you say that word? It's just like the beauty. Do you know what that means when you're using it, rethinking it? So, um, I don't know if I can answer all that well at this point when I'm in the middle of it but I think that's the part of like even like we say what we're doing here is part of having an ongoing conversation where we're we're thinking different ideas and listening to different voices and really having an open discussion table where mm-hmm. nothing's set in stone we're not trying to um bring anyone to a, a particular kind of way of thinking really yeah. but the kingdom I just think of the kingdom as is the place where God is near right in Very simple starting point. Mm -hmm. So um, when we talk about creative work being work of the kingdom, uh, I think when the creator is near, creating is happening. Creative work is happening. We are being recreated and made new and changed and transformed all the time. Mm -hmm. And as we are doing that, we're creating and changing and transforming the environment and the people that we are you know, rubbing shoulders with as well. So all of those things that you said, praying for the sick and working with the poor, I think all of that, is God near, is God present? Or is it just, and again, I think the inside matching the outside, or is it, mm-hmm. I'm praying for people because, well, that's what you do. I'm a Christian. I, I believe in doing good works and caring for people. So yes, I'm going to pray for you. That's not really kingdom work necessarily, though God could be very near despite our disconnection. Hmm. from that kind of that being a creative activity instead of an obligation uh,
0: yeah so even let's dig into that a little bit when we take something that can be um, such a broad or or it can even be a net like a nebulous term
1: what the the kingdom, the kingdom the kingdom yeah right yeah
0: um and i have people who i've observed um and I, or participated in some of this myself but um, there are some people who, when they engage in something that would be considered just like a justice initiative or whatever, okay. they are, at their core, you can see that they're engaging their creative self in the midst of that. There's uh-huh. there's an authenticity, yes. the way that they're engaging, whether it's a problem-solving thing or just the way that they're looking at a person. Mm-hmm. There's a creational kind of, like it's the, there's a connection, and you can see that they're building something yes right whether they're got you know whether they're actually they're obviously not making a person but they're engaged in a building up process um and then i can think of other examples there's not very many of, of of them but you know where where you see people who are just so driven by the work because it's what they've been told to do and, you know, and again, it's not to go around judging things, but it's just, it's, I wonder if, if an internal question for us, is this something that I'm engaged in That's I feel like I'm coming alongside of the work of God and actually building something? Because it can be hard to know if we're being authentic ourselves sometimes, even.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think part of it, one, one thing that might even fill us out a bit more is the idea of imagining. Because I think when I see uh, people that, whatever you're doing, working with the poor or writing a worship song or. Uh, crafting a sermon or uh, just setting up chairs, I think, is there an imagination that's, that's alive and going, I can imagine things the way they should be, or I can imagine things being better than what they are now. Mm-hmm. And I'm, my little part in what I'm doing right now is feeding that imagination for a better world, a, a good life for more people, a good life for this community. And I think that imagination, I, you can I think you can notice that in people, and maybe that's the discerning that you're talking about, where some people are just doing it out of rote, out of responsibility. this is what I should be doing uh, if, if I'm a follower of Jesus, and some that are alive going, I can imagine uh, what this world could look like. Mm. And that's where the kingdom language comes in. I think I'm actually mm-hmm. you're seeing ahead to what the kingdom in its fullness is. You're you're, you're living in a flourishing before it's actually happening. Mm. And it enlivens you in some way. And I think you can sense that in people when that's coming out of them, mm. that they really are creators in that way, whether they're, like I said, setting up chairs or sweeping the, the walkway or making coffee or preaching a sermon. Yeah. They're alive with the creating of something That is building towards this this idea of kingdom, the kingdom of God.
0: The idea that we can engage a creative self, where we're actually, you know, engaging our will or our vision of the good life onto some kind of a raw material, Mm -hmm. right? In a non-manipulative, where we're not trying to control other people, like, because this can get so muddy so quickly, right? But when when that sort of when the stars line up. And in terms of our attitude and all that sort of thing, and we are able to engage the raw material around us in a creative way. Um, that is not like that is so the domain of everybody. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I think of Brother Lawrence, um, you know, who was basically just a cook,
1: peeling potatoes,
0: p- peeling potatoes, yummy there you potato
1: go. soup. <laughs> I see that's just all coming together.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, and he's just doing, like, the most mundane things. And in the midst of this life, he's just writing letters to friends who mm-hmm. who value him. And he responds. And he has no idea that he's even writing a book that's going to be read for centuries.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? And, you know, so I'm just listening. I'm, I'm sort of listening to this conversation a little bit from the perspective of, well, what if I hate my, you know... Listener who hates their job and doesn't mm-hmm. feel like they have a creative connection—they feel disconnected. Um, you know, I my, my hope would be, and I don't know if you have any thoughts in terms of what that can, what it can look like to engage the. You know, it, it feels to me somehow like the creative self is like the fire spark that's like mm-hmm. somehow inside our soul, right? The thing that's like flickering, yeah. You know, and. I mean, I need to believe that that we can engage that part of who we are even on our on on the most mundane, uninteresting days and places and jobs mm-hmm. right it I don't know if you have any thoughts yeah. to add to that,
1: yeah, maybe just to push it even a bit further I mean this is the the hardship of our prosperous. Uh, lifestyle is that the mundane job is, you know, our horribleness. And I and I think of people that have quite profound suffering in their lives, whether they are being uh, persecuted or imprisoned or killed or tortured, mm. uh, just because of they've aligned themselves with Jesus. And I think if they can find that God is near, mm. and they can find, like you say, that fire and burning inside of them of the creative uh, spark, so to put that was put in us, breathed into us by the Creator. Then I think surely that should be transferred to those of us who find a certain uh, just all too evenness. It's it's kind of like it's it's not exciting. It's boring. It doesn't seem to be connected to you know what, we, what our desires and passions, what we feel our true vocation is. And I think um, if we maybe just push it a bit further and, and think of suffering. Mm. Uh, and say within that kind of pain, then sometimes within numbness, uh, it's a little bit easier to say, is God near? Because we can be a little more intentional about it we're in mm. that way. Because we're not having to fight off that loud scream of pain in some way that mm. is, is really distracting us. There's just this numbness. And it's almost like just a calling alive, like fanning into flame and saying, wake up, wake up. I, I actually do this sometimes when I'm in, I'm in a lot of service, church services. You are, when you're a leader and a pastor, you're just a lot, I'm in a lot. And sometimes I'm just not in the mood, frankly. I am tired, I am grouchy, I am all kinds of stuff, or just dealing with personal things. And uh, and I'm I'm there, I'm sitting there, and we're singing the most awesome worship songs to God, we're praying to God. And I'm sitting there like, whatever. And I will speak to my soul and I say, wake up, mm-hmm. wake up. Do you know that God is near right now? Wake up, don't miss this opportunity. Like he's right here and then wanting to create something together with you if you'll just wake up. And I, I speak to my soul, I say, wake up, come mm-hmm. on, get with it. and. uh yeah I don't know.
0: I think it's a really pertinent observation um, when we are surrounded by again, not to cast everything in a negative light, you know um, everything in the world is is going to hell in a handbasket or whatever, but um, you know there is within the creative realm of things a lot of entertainment mm. that's engaged, right and yeah. entertainment. In my, I mean, I'm not anti-entertainment at all, but um, in its less helpful forms, it pulls us out of of our reality, right? So we escape into some other place. We don't yeah. have to contend necessarily with what's going on, and I thought I, I like you, the language that you're that you're using, the way that you're leaning into that those moments. It's it is kind of the it is still a creative it, like that's a creative act. I think even when you're breathing life, right? Mm-hmm. It, even, I think of that, you know. Back to that kaleidoscope that that sparked something in me. Yeah. Right. There was that that um, it was not an entertainment value kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It was a spirit alive coming yes. alive kind of a thing. And um, you know, so I just think it's pertinent to this conversation, right? Because that's what we want ultimately is that our that the that this impulse to um, emulate the Creator God. Um, is something that pulls us uh, actually into reality, not yeah. out of reality.
1: Yeah, and I think somar Mart, as we're talking a much broader idea of creativity instead of just the fine arts, that creativity really, and I think you hit it on the head, creativity is being present in the now and saying, where is there life already and where can I feed that life? Mm. And make some, you know, just let it grow more and more and more because creativity is never in the future, like you say, I'm always planning to write that next great book or do this next great thing, but that's, I'm not being creative. I'm just, I don't know, daydreaming. And creativity is never really in the past. Like, oh, I did that one great thing and I published that article, but I'm, that, that's in the past. It's already been done. That doesn't, it's not in the present moment. And I think creativity is very much attached to the present and the now.
0: Well, let's give a shot at wrapping up then. <laughs>
1: Okay, we're going to wrap up now. We don't know how to do this. (laughs) But we're going to find a creative way to do it, won't we?
0: That's right. I'll probably write some kind of musical segue.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: Great.
1: We don't know what we are and we don't know what we're named, but uh, (laughs) this is Matt Downey.
0: And Chris McQueen signing off. Till next time. Till next time. (laughs)